Hey.com. We do. What do we do over there, Josh? Previews, recaps, randomness, rankings, bold, bold guesses, as I like to say. Does that sound about yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so check, go check everything out over there. We got our week. We're at week five. It's ridiculous. Week five preview. Every game is a Saturday game. And cherish this week because Josh, you told me before, there are just three games next week. So. Yep. And they start. And they start at the same time for some reason. Yeah. So we'll get to that later, but we'll just dive right into it. So Utah State, UConn. No, no introduction. We're diving into games here. CBS Sports Network. 10 a.m. local time for those in Logan. Noon for the Huskies who are 0 and 4. That's actually uh, Josh. Uh, Matt, uh, Jim Moore Jr. is not doing quite well <laughs> in year two at UConn or year three, whatever it is for UConn. He is uh, struggling to be nice. They can't do much. They they are what CSU was last year. They have not scored above 17 points all year. How is that possible? Are they? They're averaging less than 300 yards a game. I know. I, I did a Q and A. I'm about to post. I can pull it up here. So I have some details for the uh, just the guys over at the UConn blog to see what's going on because they don't seem to have much going for them. Because last year they're actually decent, but their offense seems to be dreadful, which is kind of what Utah State wants, right? Because Utah State can't be moved the ball, can't do anything very well besides play like a sec- a good second half like they did versus Air Force and James Madison. They just um, they don't start very well. There's a problem with the with the uh, Aggies there. Yeah. I- I mean, I, I I didn't keep an eye on it, but I think I I think the 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 thing I took away from that, and I put it in our Twitter chat, um, the JMU coach tried to pull a uh, Patrick Beverly with the camera. I know. Well, what was up with that? Like trying to show on his phone they're something out of bounds when they're winning big. Like, yeah, it was, it was like, like early game. second quarter too. So it was so weird. It's like. I saw that, and he's like, pretty well, I know. It's safe that you can't look at the scoreboard. Like, the in-stadium replay you can't use. But, like, that was the weirdest thing in the game. But and the funny thing is, so one question I asked um, Amin, could why, sorry, I can't go say it, but you can't blog. I'm like, so what's changed last year? They are 0-4. They went to bowl game last year. I was like, well, hard to know. <laughs> but they have many working theories. The simple one, which we mentioned, offense isn't very good. Um, I guess the big one thing they have, because last year um, they brought in, like Tequan Robert Roberson when they, because this is the second time they played, they played last year as well, obviously, yeah. and they figured, like with many new quarterbacks who play, he'd get better after the first year. Well, no, and did you know he put in there because you mentioned how few, how many few points he scored? They haven't scored a touchdown in the first half of the game since the first drive of the season opener. That can't be good. If, is my math right? Is that bad? That, yeah, I, I, I don't even think CSU was that bad. No, that they just he's he's going much like they can't score points. Their defense that they have like defense isn't terrible. Losing to Duke forty-one to seven is not whatever because Duke's actually pretty good. Like there's a chance they could beat Notre Dame this week and hosting them with game day in town. Like, they could be. I think there's a potential chance. But I think this UConn team is kind of back to what they were. I don't know. Who was your coach before? Bob Diaco? A couple years ago? I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> it was that, that bad? Well, it was, I, for some reason, I thought the – so Maryland hired away their coach, and then for some reason, I thought he went back. Oh, Randy and, Etzel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then they, and then they hired um, Jim Mora. 
that if, if there was someone in between, I just forgot. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> One thing I remember about Edsel is like you get a bonus like winning the coin toss. You got he got random five thousand dollar bonuses for anything he did. But but it seems terrible. Take on Rob Robertson, three touchdowns all year. The running game outside of like a big seventy yard run has like four hundred yard, like getting a hundred yards a game. He's getting yeah. sacked. Both quarterbacks, they put in Joseph Aguirre or Roberson the sophomore. I don't think he does these defenses that good, Josh, but I'm like, this might be a game where it's like a get right to figure things out. Like, hey, actually, they're going to be pretty good. They'll be two and three after this game because they'll get to the quarterback like a couple times. I, I second, don't second, see second. it. I mean, U- UConn's won the past couple meetings between the teams. Um, I think Utah State's finally found a quarterback in Hillstead. Uh, I mean, I don't know how good UConn's defense is. Uh, it's, I mean, there's looks like there's a 60-yard difference, but I don't know how much that's going to matter. I think Hill, they, with the consistent use of Hillstead, similar to how CSU switched to um, Brad Fowler Nicolosi, I think having that consistent presence that's allowed the offense to, you know, do something is going to help them in this game. It, you would think after him playing half a game versus the Air Force, like he's played opponents, defense. James Madison's pretty good. They're undefeated still at the moment. If we're looking at kind of does it's I'm looking to see how good this is naturally. The first he passed Sep might be I'm trying to hear if that's it. There's a is about 100 for the indication, so it's not. I thought I tried to give him a moment of there, Josh. I'm like, yeah, maybe they'll do something here that they have a Like, these type receivers going the year. I know it's start time. He's a different game, but the efficiency is a start. But there's a Interceptions, no, no force, two, only one fumble recovery. So they only have one turnover they've recovered all year. That's ridiculous of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how the, they definitely, I, I think, I don't remember if it was you or Matt that tweeted it out, but you brought up the stat about how they're, they're very good in not, maybe it was UNLV, but I think it applies to, to Utah State too, is they seem to do okay in non-conference. And then once they get to conference play, they they nosedive, but considering this is their last non-conference game, maybe they'll actually show us something. Um, they're starting to take one role. The only change is a couple. Of Utah State some individual players here. Like we think he'll said to be. I want to be able to play. Like Devon Booth's pretty good. Like Fazion, I don't see if those guys keep going. And Hillstead just like Hillstead, she's a game and a half. He almost doubled Cooper Dodd's numbers already. He has seven 
TDs to three. He, the only concern he's getting sacked on, he's been sacked nine times in the game yeah. and a half, so that's not good. So that could yeah. be something if, if UConn can provide pressure, but they haven't done that all year. But I want you guys like Ike Larson do something defensively. MJ Tafasi, keep it going. I want to see if like receiver besides if um anybody else besides Terrell Vaughn could step up to his 38 catches <laughs> and six TDs. I'm like, I okay, Micah Davis, 10, Jalen Rolls, 10, 19. It's like, give me somebody else. Yeah. I feel like, like Micah Davis is 30% touchdown rate every time he catches the ball. And he averages 23 and a half yards a catch. I, I, yeah, I feel like that's going to have to happen because I think UConn's going to bracket coverage Vaughn all day. I mean, he has, what, almost 40% of the yards and the majority of the catches. So, yeah, I was like, someone else is going to have to step up for the Aggies. Yeah, he has probably like 39% reception, 38 for 101 for the team for his, and 347 to 1,074 is like 35%, 33 whatever. A lot to not much anybody else, and most in half the touchdowns passing. So it's so it's minus six for Utah State. Is that something you're confident in? I kind of want to stay away from this game in that aspect overall, no matter what. I, mean, I don't know. I, don't, I think I, we, I said they were going to lose to Idaho State, and then they blew them up by 50. Uh, <laughs> Whoops, that's bad. Uh, what was. Um, do you remember the line on the James Madison game? Uh, they're, I think it's five and a half for James Madison. And then, I mean, then they lost by seven. So I don't know. I feel like I always say there's a trap game of the week in the Mountain West. I said it was, I thought it was, what game did I potentially, I, I thought it was New Mexico, Wyoming, even though it's a 14 point spread, but I could see this being a trap game as well, just for, just in betting purposes. Yeah, it's like I could see them win by ten, like winning thirty to twenty. Or I could, I could see it maybe even a blowout. But I would, wouldn't shock me if Utah State just fumbles it away like last week and have a like they have a bad first half. They're down seventeen to three and end up winning like twenty four twenty. I could totally see that. I'm comfortable for the under, but I don't know who's doing. But I, I go Utah State. I think they'll win. I do think they'll cover, but I'm not going to do it for real money. But I think they'll win thirty to twenty. Yeah, Utah State's definitely going to win. UConn's just a bad team. so Very bad. You got a score prediction? Do you go for that again? I'm not touching that. That's fine. Okay. Boise State at Memphis. ESPN 2. Uh, two Mountain Time, 4 Eastern. A weird non-conference game. Also, that's a weird start time. 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock Eastern. That's kind of a weird time, right? When, Maybe there's just nothing going on it. this week. Uh, who knows? I just thought that's weird because usually they have like the – 10 Mountain, 130 Mountain. So who knows? Maybe we're half an hour later. So it's obviously on the road out there at um, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Memphis, do you have any – we'll get to everything here, but why is Memphis a field goal favorite, three and a half? I know it's a home team, and Boise because does have issues. They've only lost to Mizzou, and it was by seven points. I know, but they also barely beat Navy by four. Yeah, but it's Navy. I know, the only one by four. That's why they one by four. I mean, Navy's always been a thorn in everyone's side. I mean, didn't they beat U- UCF like two years ago? And everyone's like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah, okay. Uh, so, like, if he's going to be there or not. Not that it matters, because if we saw um, Ashton Genty, he can just carry five players on his back and still score. And go 30 <laughs> yeah. more yards. 
that that does is it matter? I, does it matter if he plays? I don't know. I think they do need both Gigi and Halani back just to split their duties because if you just run one, it's it's going to wear them out, and you're not going to get there at the end of the year. And then there's this there's the um, statistic. I think it's still true that if Halani has over 100 yards, Boise's undefeated. The problem is Halani yeah. can't stay healthy. See, I've been saying that for years. So like, get him healthy. When he's good, he tears it up. Um, and just being smothered and tackled and carrying guys They were out in obviously. And then last week, they took them. And I don't think San Diego State would be good. Man. I'm sorry, I said, I don't think they're going to be good. And they squeaked by San Diego State in the second half. Like, I think it close. And so, Boise can't. That was a big issue last week. And that's, like, the only time I believe San Diego State had rushing yards or did well. Because if you're up there down, it's 35. Like, you got to stop. That's your big, put your money down. You got to stop everybody. And they were unable to do so on third down more often than not. Because San Diego State was uh, 7 to 13 on third down. So, and Aztecs were bad on third down as well. And so that's mm-hmm. one of their biggest things for stick defense. So that's one of the biggest things that we should be a state guy. It's like, well, can we get our defense off the field and hand the ball to uh, Genty every time? But I don't know, man. Seth had, had again, he was pretty good. 1,000 yards already. 1,100 yards through what, four games? It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, four games. Really good, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, and, really I, good. and I mean, so this, Memphis is averaging 279 passing yards a game, which is good for 33rd in the nation. And then Boise's giving up almost 300 yards through the air. I I that feel like saving your state. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me check what let me check what Maiden had. Maiden had 241. Uh, yeah. And then they threw then who. Who's Martin Blake? He's a running back. They had a running back pass go for 32 yards. So they gave up 270 yards through the air to the Aztecs. Yeah. And we look at Memphis, like they spread it around pretty good. So that'll be because like they have uh, seven different guys with a touchdown pass reception. Rock Taylor is really good. But they give it to him. They give Blake Watson. And here's the thing, too. You mentioned running back fast, Josh. Like, Blake Watson is, sec- is first on the team receptions with 24. And he leads the team direction. He has almost 600 total yards and yeah. five touchdowns. So he's one of those versatile guys. Like, okay, how are you going to stop him? So we thought the Boise defense would be really good this year. But the secondary, which the Australia Skinner and others, I believe, like, oh, they'll be fine. They're out there. But the experience, when they played last year, these backups, they weren't there for – they didn't play a lot. They just kind of got time here and there. And so I expect a lot of passing. I think this will be a high-scoring game. Because I think Boise, because it's true, it's 59 and a half, which is reasonably high for the most part. I believe it's the highest of the weekend, if I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, highest with the Mountain West. There's going to be points. But then again, we thought when UCF played Boise, it was, what, 60-something, and ended up being 34 total points. But I, I don't know. I think Boise is going to move the ball as well, because what Memphis kind of gives up, it'll – It'll be there. I think it'll be there for them because 10 sacks is pretty good for four games. I think two and a half. That's about average in the country, but they're giving up 34 to Missouri, 24 to Navy. Defense is fine. I just think this could be like the US UCF game, but actually scoring a few more points. So it's kind of back and forth. 
I don't kind of leaning that way. I, I think. don't trust Taylor Green that much. I feel not like yet. no, he. I feel like he's not making the right reads when he's out there. I, I feel like um, if we're actually looking at like just as a pure quarterback, because Taylor Green yeah. is a great dual threat, but he's not there as a passer yet. I feel like Boise's going to need to pass to actually have success. And I feel Maddox Mason is the person to actually get them there. Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, we saw Utah State no. go with a short person or shorter quarterback. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, so it could work for what? It could work for Boise. I don't know. I think part of it is that, but like, who's the receiver? There's no Tidy Young or Khalil Shakir. There's no elite. Guys, we catch the ball. It's like, oh, they got six guys. Like, tight end Riley Smith isn't doing anything for tight end. He's still like, think about it. He's still is it too? He's still learning, right? Played majority last year and to be the starter after four games. He played all year, and then the analysis was figured to be better than this already. I get a Washington don't care, but UCF, he should have done something. And when you look at what he's done so far for the year, like he's. Only four touchdowns and four picks. He's not explosive at all. And the receiver, while well, he's getting to Eric McAllister, but okay. Stephen Cobbs are they're doing okay when he catches the ball. It's like he's just not he's only fifty three percent. So like when he completes the passes, they're actually reasonably good for how far it goes like the how far the play goes, 10, 20, 30, whatever it may be. But he's just not accurate enough. And the offensive line is actually the thing that we're always concerned about the past multiple years is only give up three sacks and he still can't do anything. Yeah, like then I think that's everyone's concern is like you have this you have this great athlete, but can he actually make the plays? And I don't think he can. And I'm, and I'm not saying this as from a biased perspective. I actually enjoy Boise State. I've I watched I watched their games of CSU as an on. He just isn't making the right reads to advance the offense enough for me to be confident in them. Could that be a Dirk Cutter thing since he's out there? See, this year he stepped in last year for the one-year trial, whatever the one-year just helped out. I, I don't think the issue is – because, I mean, Taylor Green has gone through, what, three offensive coordinators in two years. He has to have some consistency. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the issue is play calling. I think it's – it's Taylor's understanding of the offense, and I and we've seen that throughout the Mountain West in and certain at certain times where a player you know they made the change from one offense coordinator to another, and they don't know they can't really understand what they need to be looking at. And I feel once Taylor has more time in this offense, he will be fine. Yeah, part of it too. Remember when in NFL people like Alex Smith. He had an, an offensive coordinator. The only time he was good, we had North Turner. He really good. But I think he had like six OCs in his first five years. And like, no wonder the guy struggles. <laughs> like, if you have a different change the system just enough. Like, I don't think we regret the there. The reason I didn't mean to kind of like my play clock, but he had him for most of the year. He's like, well, I'm only helping you guys out. But, ah, man. Just, like Memphis can score. They have one of the better like quarterbacks. Good. Like 
they they can make they can move the ball and they like the Missouri game like I said they are what's Missouri what, number twenty in the country right now twenty five somewhere in there they won the sixty percent red field goal last week I just think that they're gonna oof. like I think Hennigan's gonna eat this defense alive possibly I know the five picks aren't great and so maybe that's Boise's chance but like their secondary is not very good so I think he could have because this year he's done. Like he, Missouri had a really good pass defense, and he threw for over 300 yards. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I is Boise going to be one and four? Or are we going to be two and three? They might be. Pull this off. I'm. I. They, I took. I'm taking Memphis to win and cover. Oh. I agree with you. I think it'll be. Sorry, my internet's yelling at me in the other room. Uh, sorry, I heard something. Boy, I think it's gonna be thirty to twenty-three for Memphis. And people, boys, if it's the case, okay, Josh, is that okay? Nothing to do, right? Yeah. Next, we have Hawaii at UNLV for. Okay, do you know what the actual trophy name for this game is? And it, it, I, I swear we've had the, we have this conversation every year. I like to call it. I want to bring it I up. I like to call it the Golden That's Pineapple why. because it is. It didn't like the. Yeah. Or is, no, I think it's oh, it's the Ninth Island Trophy, right? Yeah, but it's dumb. You get you, you're handing out the Golden Pineapple. That's what it should be. Yeah. So I'll say it every time I do this. When these two teams play, that's what it should be called. And who do I who do I call? Do I have to call the Governor of Nevada or something? Or who who makes this decision? I don't know. Who I don't even know because it's not it's it's a recent thing too. Like within the past ten years. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, even five. But yeah, it's pretty recent. So, you know, these are 11-point favorites. Um, not sure if Doug Brunfield will play because he's been out last week, and he's been actually getting half. So, 11 points is a lot for if you're not having your starting quarterback. Yeah. But then again, Hawaii, they don't run the ball ever and can't run the ball ever against this team. And then UNLV, all UNLV does is run the ball because all they and have is James Thomas. That's all you need, right? Yeah, that's all like against this Hawaii team here. Like the Russian attack is like when they're tr- the truck wagon and Charles Williams. Like this rejuvenated Russian attack is what's helping them out, especially if you don't Doug Brumfield. And so this is something where I think, from what we've seen for what uh, watching Hawaii, because when you have the run and shoot, they the run part's optional. It seems like to me <laughs> because. Brandon Shager is doing okay throwing the ball, but that's not enough. If they can't stop any of what they're doing, yeah, I know they beat Mexico State last week. Oregon doesn't matter. Lose to Stanford, lose to Vanderbilt. The rush defense. This one thing, I'm able to rephrase that. The, the, the Vanderbilt game, we want to go back a month if we believe what happened then. They actually did a good job slowing down the run for UNLV, or excuse me, for Vanderbilt. In that game. So I'm looking right now, they only allowed 39 yards rushing. So. Is a area where they could be pretty good, I think. And it's hard to take the full set. It's like, okay, they play Oregon. Great, cool. But when you play SES team, a giant juggernaut of a, uh, what, Oregon, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what's good and not good for this team. What I know it's not good, and what I know about is trying to Josh, but Hawaii's given up 19 sacks this year. 19. Yeah, and I mean, for for as good as, uh, Brayden has been, you know, throwing for nearly 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns. He actually, 
if you look at the advanced stats, yeah, I'm going to be that nerd. He's the yes, worst quarterback in the Mountain West. He has a 22.9 QBR rating. So I don't. The six picks don't help. Yeah. I mean, he has he has a 21.4 um, expected points added on pass attempts with low leverage plays that are down weighted. So, I mean, he's he's good there, but everything else just isn't good. I mean, he he's he's bas- it's basically saying that in non I, w- I want to say it's basically non passing downs he's okay, but then when he's expected to make a play he can't. That seems right because those six picks come into play. He doesn't run very well, and you would think if you have it also depends on team direction because if you're going four wide in a back. If teams are going to bring six or seven and play single coverage, that's tough to combat, but that's not always the case. But going back to you know, about the rush defense, if you look at the overall, they're like four and a half yards given up. And if you take away the Oregon game, it's a little bit less than that. So I think that is an area where if they're going to get it done, they got to stop whoever's running the ball through and it'll be. But I don't know how consistent they could be in that aspect. Because when you look at like overall, they have like four and a half, four point six. But Oregon game is like seven and a half. Like okay, that's it's actually still pretty good. It's middle of the pack of the conference without playing the powerhouse. They're probably higher than that. But you mentioned what UNLV does running the ball. It's like well, they're actually uh, quite successful, and they're a huge favorite anyway. Like double digits. Their FBI is a seventy-six percent uh, win probability, which I don't know. That, that, but like Jed Thomas had four touchdowns last week. Versus um, UTEP as a freshman. I know UTEP's not great. And they, like, when Josh said UNLV, they, they just, have you seen what they scored this year, Josh? They have three games of 40 plus points. This is probably the best offense since, like, Randall Cunningham, probably, it seems like. I mean, I think, you know, Barry Odom's brought in, you know, a bunch of changes to the program. He's finally got them reinvigorated. And he's playing to his players' strengths. He's getting them into the right position and they're making plays. So that's all that really matters. It's a Brennan Marion effect. Go, go offense, right? Like Ricky White's finally picking up with 16 catches. They all have the passing games out there, partially. Okay. Doug Brunfield, okay. Jaden Amavi has been okay. They don't complete the highest percentage, almost 60% overall, and they're, but they're fine. You know what I mean? Like they're, they only yeah. have one, touch, one passing touch in all year, which will catch up to them for a team that's going to be a fringe bowl game. But then again, T- Thomas has seven touchdowns. <laughs> they have 14 rushing touchdowns. They're going to, do their best to run and run. And if, and if Hawaii could step up and do what they did versus Vanderbilt, because think of this way, you, they played each team, right? They played them both close. You will be one, Hawaii did not versus Vanderbilt. So there's some comparison there for what how those games played out. If Hawaii's rush defense can do anything and slow down Jet Thomas or Vincent Davis, they have a shot in this game because the passing game, I'm not confident for UNLV. I'm I agree with you. I'm not confident. I think UNLV's passing offense does just enough to keep the defenses honest against the run game. So it's going to take a truly, truly shut down defensive passing game to, you know, to really have an effect. I don't think Hawaii is going to be able to do that. I know you said they did it against Vanderbilt. I don't think they're going to be able to do it again, especially with five games on film. Yeah, I would say like maybe if they could, that's like, that's their best hope I'm giving that. Where they probably won't, but I think there's there's there'll be some resistance there, so they can yeah. hold them like on first and second down. So like okay, you got a pass, it's not third and three. 
But your point's right. They see a couple games for both teams. Okay, who's done watch just the film study and watching how well or just the tendency tendencies of these teams. But I think Shager will have a big game passing the ball. I think that's a legit possibility. Because you know these defense, okay. They've given up thirty seven Vanderbilt, twenty three tap. Michigan doesn't matter, Bryant doesn't matter. The games that matter, they're giving up over thirty points a game. So there is a high I think a high possibility Shager could have a pretty big game and this would be I think it'd be a high scoring game. Every game UNLV has been, it's been high scoring. The offensive yeah. Michigan game. So I'm trying to pull up with the over here, but I'm, I think I'm going UNLV's going to win. They're at home as well. And also, we should mention this game's on Spectrum Sports, the pay per view game. So, and I guess here in the mainland, it's what the Team One Sports app, I believe. We need to mention that so people can find out. But I think it'll be, I'm going to go 40 to 28 UNLV. Big win. Yeah, I think I think that sounds about right. I, I think UNLV has enough offensive juice to to get it done. UNLV will it'll it'll be a slow start, but it'll eventually pick up in the end. So we're talking about a four and one UNLV team that they take can take care of business. <laughs> I mean, what's their who do they have after this? They have they have Nevada next. That's a win, and then they then they kind of run the gauntlet. So they got. They got to toss up with CSU. They got to play Fresno. New Mexico's probably yeah. again. Then Wyoming Air Force and San Jose State, which San Jose State is now a toss up when it wasn't at the end of the year. I mean, I could potentially see them five, six, seven. seven. I could potentially see eight. Wow. Eight? We'll discuss this later, but uh, four, five, six. Yeah, man. I don't think they'll win all the toss-ups. So if they split the toss-up, they're six and six, which would be amazing for them. Yeah. So keep an eye on that game. All right, next year, New Mexico at Wyoming, uh, Mountain West Network, two p.m. local time. Wyoming is a two-touchdown favorite, and the line's forty-one points. So That's ridiculous. No one has paid attention. No one in the sports books has paid attention to Craig Bull's record against New Mexico. Not good. Craig Bull since twenty fourteen, he is four and five. So you're taking them actually went out right now to tell me right now? I did on her pick sheet. <laughs> Whoa! Explain yourself. I mean, they – I mean, all right. I took UMass to cover against New Mexico last week, and yeah. New Mexico at one point was up 21-7. to 7. Ooh, so, yeah. You're sweating it there, weren't you? <laughs> I mean, the only reason – the only reason Wyoming has won games this year has been their defense. We can look at you. Can, you can shout the Texas Tech game at me all you want. They scored 15 Texas points. Texas Tech sucks. Texas Tech sucks. Wyoming's offense scored 15 points in, in the overtimes. They scored 20 points in during regulation. I don't think they, outside of you know a lot the blocked field. I don't think their offense. I'm talking offense specifically. Because their yeah, defense yeah. and special teams have been great. It's won them games. Their offense, I don't think, can hold up. Well, it doesn't help. Um, DQ James is no longer on the team, running back. So that's not helpful. Um, but then, oh, here's the funny thing. This is like just clarifies. It's like, no, 
I didn't break up with you. It's like, you're not breaking up with me. I'm breaking up with you. He puts on Twitter, <laughs> I didn't get kicked off the team. I'm in the portal. <laughs> I did not get kicked off the team. He's trying to save who knows what happened, but it's always funny. It's like, it's not, it's, no, we're, I, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> it's not the case. It's like, you know, I'm not fired. I quit. So he put on like five times. Like, I didn't get kicked off into the portal. I'm not kicked off the team. And so here's some Whaley, clearly number one running back. But that hurts because he, he was a solid running back last year and everything. And then this year, the running back situation has been weird. But taking away any weapons that Wyoming has offensively, yikes. Yeah. And, he, uh, he, if, if one of those running backs goes down, I think their or Wyoming the guy Andrew said is like one of them goes down, they're screwed. They don't have an offense. Let's I mean looking at the app uh I don't I don't know. I mean they get you said Harrison Whaley's is top, but I think if he goes down, I don't think they have an offense. Yeah, no, they don't. And the only thing I would say Maybe not so fast because every time Craig Bull always finds a running back, Titus Lang, um, DQ last year, they always find some guy. He's going to pull a linebacker over. Uh, yeah, hey, I do Maryland did it. I re- Maryland did it. Okay. Why not? I do find this interesting um, because I can't read the article because it's paywalled, but Cowboy, title Cowboys quote, working hard to improve passing game, entry mountain was open there. Like, yeah. Oh crap! You got to work hard. You guys can't throw the ball. And me and Matt mentioned all the time when I was mentioning our DMs and Andrew Jesse. It's always like Craig will quit lying to us in spring when we see you throw the ball more. You never throw the ball more. <laughs> it's well, never going to happen. I, so, and we've I brought this up in our in our group chat. I'm like Andrew Teasley has to have something on Craig Bull to still have a starting job. Last week, real quick, five of 15, 31 yards passing. And the interception. I mean, so I mean, he has to have something on Craig Bowl to still have the starting job. There's just no rhyme or reason that Evan Svoboda is not the starting quarterback. Like, at least try something. But the thing, the thing is, you know, he doesn't look they're winning and doing fine. Like, they're a team that could probably win nine games. I mean, maybe. Depends on how far their defense could take them. I mean, like, they're, I, the guess score points are fine. No, like, this next stretch, like, they're going to, I think they'll be New Mexico, but, like, we're not okay. We'll come back to finish, wrap, talk Lobos because Bill Hopkins is a pretty good QB. They got Fresno Air Force, Boise. They could lose a couple of those, two on the road. Like, Hawaii, fine. Nevada, fine. Probably CSU. Sorry to put that out there, but I think so. Maybe. UNLV will be interested on the road, but they're going to, be fine all these games, be rock fine for half of them. I don't think they can do it for Fresno, but I wonder if Dylan Hopkins, because what's, what's is up there, PFF, he, Dylan Hopkins, like the number one QB in the conference? Is that what we saw that Sports West put up there? Or Super West you, Sports, whatever it's called? Yeah, let me find that QBR stat real quick to see where he is. Yeah, I don't um, remember his QBR if it was, or if it was uh, prior message here, but Hopkins, like the offense, we're wondering, because he came over from UAB and everything, and if you're okay, him, the head coach who should, who should have got the job over Trent Dilfer, and now he's hanging out in Mexico, moving their offense, sort of. Yeah, I mean, like, like we, I was, we were saying, um, the the stats for Braden aren't matching up with his with the advanced stats. 
Well, the stats for Hopkins kind of are because his QBR is 65.6, which is good for second in the Mountain West. So they, they might have, they might have found something on that side of the ball, you know, finally. Oh, and also Ja'Cory Merritt, Crosky Merritt's doing amazing. Seven TDs, holy crap, like he had an awesome game last week when they beat the rival. They throw the ball to a bunch of different people. Seven players have at least six catches and touchdowns as well. It's, he throws it to whoever's open. And then when they can run the ball with Crosky Merritt there, I think he had what, four touchdowns last week. Was it something? Um, no, we're, we're good here. Sorry. I was trying to shoot. I had it in front of me. But I think the offense is coming together for the first time in a while for New Mexico. He had, let's see, he did last week. Oh, he had two last week. That's right. He had three versus Tennessee Tech. But he had nine carries, two touchdowns. So, like, his yardage isn't amazing. But when he touches the ball, he moves it for, like, seven yards, all seven touchdowns. And so I do think, versus Wyoming, like, I think you're right. Like, for some reason, Bulls struggle versus Lobos. I don't know why. But if Lobos' offense can break through, like, like, tell me if I'm way out there. If New Mexico gets 21 points, what probability would you give them if they could score three touchdowns? If, if New Mexico gets three touchdowns, I'll give them I'll give them 65. Okay. Do you think they can get three touchdowns? Though? Do you think they'll be able to score 21 points on this Wyoming team? That I don't know because they, look, I, let me look at some of their other games. But, I mean, the, the UMass game, they look – I think they, it looks like they went for ball control and didn't do that well because they only, I mean, they had 330 yards. They only threw the ball 17 times, but that I don't think was that big of a deal. Like if you look at the stats comparing New Mexico and Wyoming, they seem to have do the same types of offense, but New Mexico is better at passing the ball. Like, it seems like they're okay at passing the ball, whereas Wyoming just outright sucks. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, because what is Hopkins at? Hopkins is at 827 yards for the year. So, I mean, yeah. he's, they they do throw the ball sometimes. I mean, they threw it 40 times against New Mexico State. But if you, it, it's really, really funny if you look at Dylan Hopkins' stats. I realize they yeah. played Texas A&M the one game. And then their other losses to Mexico State. Their two wins, Hopkins had less than twenty than twenty passing attempts. Their two losses, they had he had more than twenty attempts. So it, it had to in Mexico State. Yeah. I would say the concern is that he doesn't he need to be a bit better at completing passes. So I think they'd want him to throw it. I bet it'd probably want to be what what more of the stat line outside of the yardage, what he did versus Texas A&M, where it's 15 It seems like that's they want to keep him right around that 20 passing range mark. And it makes it a state one because they're trailing, trying to come back. I think that's why he threw almost 40 times. And that game, obviously, the more he threw, the worse he did. If you look at all the numbers, like the percentage-wise, it just matches up. Like, when he starts throwing a bit more, it's, it's not – I guess Texas a and is a little different story, but that game, it's hard to know what's really going on. He doesn't run the ball at all, all well, but I think if he throws 20 times, that's fine. But first of all, I mean, can you allow your two running backs to just kind of get beat up and trying to move the ball where it might take a lot to move a little? I mean, they had against UMass, they had six different ball carriers. It's UMass. Okay, go ahead. 
against, let's look at New Mexico State, they had five. Um, and then Texas A&M, because we'll ignore Tennessee Tech, they had five again. So they're spreading the carries around. It's not like they're, they're concentrating on one ball carrier. And Dylan Hopkins is getting some rushes in too. It's long on the gears, almost 20 yards. So they have the ability to spread the ball around both through the air and on the ground. And I think that, I think that ability is plays into the Wyoming has a strong defense, but the ability to spread the ball around causes problems for them. Yeah. They have like three main running backs. Like it may be. Washington get going, it's but then so I think that approach that Wyoming's defense is going to I have figured out there's going to be a lot of good points. That's why I'm going to point. If it's going to be, if you can mention they, they play them close all the time for some reason, but I'm going to go 20 to 10 Wyoming. Not many points. I'll go twenty-one seventeen New Mexico. Oh man, you were out there. That's all good. Next game, your Colorado Utah Tech, the Mouse Network, not on this game. What do you want to see? I just want to see him make plays. I mean, we we if we're going back to the PFF versus QBR, uh, PFF says Brave Todd Nicolosi sucks, but that's fine. They could say he sucks all he wants. He makes plays. Yeah, he's going to have – he's a freshman. He's going to make mistakes, but he makes the plays. He's he's learning from the mistakes when they happen, but he is the quarterback that needs to be there. He needs to learn in game situations. So I just want to see him make plays. I don't care if they're bad or good. I just want to see him make plays. Like, he's complaining passes 70%. Like, when they're forcing the ball to uh, Troy Horton, not forcing him to give the ball, he only had one – Drop or wouldn't complete to him like what 15, 16, 16, 17. And like he he's doing, yeah, five interceptions, whatever. He's doing, you're right. He's, I mean, this is a game where he's going to put those numbers up. Also, can we say, is Newcomer of the Year already down Holker? Is that where we're leading already? Yes, he's the leading tight end in the nation. I'm, I will say that right now. I will also like to say that Defensive Player of the Year is Mohamed Kamara. Already? Maybe? Sure? He's, he's leading the nation in sacks per game. And if, if you watch the film against Minnesota, Tennessee, the offense completely changed in the second half when he returned. Because you could tell that they were trying, they were play calling away from him. And he still managed to get two sacks in that game. Oh, he is good. He has a four in the year, I think. Is that right? He's official. So according to ESPN, he only has four. CSU says he has five. College football stats says he has five. So that's why he's lead, that's why he's leading the he's leading the nation in sacks per game. In total sacks, he's like tied for second if we count the five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He no, he's good. I I I have the same part. Um, yeah, but Don Holker, I remember when he transferred. Like it was weird because he only has lots of tight ends, like lots of tight ends. Like Isaac Rex is doing a good job there. And I'm like, he's a good guy. I'll take him a second. It's a, like literally a second, like one game to figure things out. Because he played a big role in the Colorado game. Is and Rams know, are known for tight ends, like Jerry McBride, McBride and stuff like that. So him being four touchdowns on the year, 
making clutch plays. That fumble is unfortunate in the Colorado game. But this game, they should roll over Utah Tech, and this should be where um, Fowler Nicolosi has, like, no picks and, and improves everything on for his whole game. This is a game where they should – I think the Rams, like, I think they can get a bowl game. I don't know. I know it's so early. It's only game three. And they're going to win this game. I don't think there's any doubt the universe are going to pick the uh, one of the Trailblazers now, I think. Yeah. You're right. I just want to see them make plays, have a clean game. So I, they'll probably I mean, win like a 10. Yeah, I think it, I think I think CFB home said 51 to 9. So yeah, 50 to 10 sounds right. What I really want to see, I want to see backups in the fourth quarter. I want to I want to see yeah. this team have a complete game against an FCS team because we've sucked against FCS teams the past two years. I want to see yeah. it get to the point where they put backups in. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, open up a passing game, get guys. Do you want to see Clay Millen maybe show up in the fourth quarter? I I doubt they put him in. I want to see um, <laughs> who the who would be the who would they put in? They'd either I'd either like to see Giles Pooler or the freshman um, Jackson Burso. Listen, because so Clay Millen's obviously not starter anymore. If they put in those other guys, is Millen hitting the portal pretty soon? Yeah, probably. Okay, that's fair to say. That's why I was thinking, figure out the backup situation if he gets in. Like, if he does, it's like, okay, you're clearly – he would be – I mean, my assumption was if the starter goes down, they would put Millen in, but this type of game, we don't want to play him really. Is that a fair assessment? I think so, yeah. If, if Brig Fowler goes down, I think Clay Millen comes in. But in this game specifically, I don't think he plays if he doesn't, if BFM doesn't. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. This game preseason, this would be like the game. San Diego State at Air Force. Somewhere, six local time there at Colorado Springs. Ah, oh, man. Is it, am I right in saying San Diego State's a bad football team? Yes. <laughs> I like your fast answer there. You're like, yes. I mean, so, the, the only reason that it was even close against Boise, because Boise is a mid-team. Yeah, they're not great. Yeah, besides Ashton Gentry, they're just okay. Yeah. So wait, so what does Sadie State do good? Like, I'm serious. Like, I try to figure this out. What are they good at? Being bad? Oh, I mean, because, like, the, <laughs> there was a real possibility that San Diego State could be 0-5 at this point. Well, yeah. The only reason lost Ohio because Rourke got injured and then finished the game. Yeah. And Idaho State, they lose by – it went to be the one by eight, but Utah State put up 78 on them. Yeah. I, um, I do see potential. The problem with them is – we've heard us talk about before, this show and other for the years – Especially this year. They haven't had a good running back since Granville the first half of 2020. That's three seasons. Their defense is their defense is good, but not elite. So if they don't have an elite defense and the running game is subpar, you know what their passing game is, it's not great, then they're a team that's going to struggle to do anything well overall. I was hoping that with Ryan Lindley calling the plays, Jalen Maiden getting a full similar to Taylor Green and those good guys who came in partway through the year, it would show improvement so early he still could. But Maiden has been sacked all the time because he runs the bank because the offensive line isn't good, which is also another concern for 
historical purpose is the past six years for San Diego State, where they've always had a good offensive line, great running backs, and losing guys like Patrick McMorris and Cal doesn't help. They don't have too much resistance up front. Eight sacks is just okay. Like, Zarius Vassi is pretty good. You have Cooper McDonald, obviously, doing good things. And Cody Moon's like, okay, he'll get some tackles, but he's had no sacks or TFLs this year. And didn't he call for targeting to get kicked out for a game two, I believe? I think in the opener, I want to say. You remember? I thought it was a more recent one. I'm not sure, but Cody Moon has really loved that coming from New Mexico. And so if we see a Boise State did running the ball, we against them last week, and now they're taking on Air Force. Dude, Air Force is going to go crazy, right? Eldridge, whoever they give the ball to back there. Like, yeah. Falcons are given an 80% chance to win the game. 80%. The, on- the only thing I will give them is they are good at forcing turnovers. Because their turnover ratio is zero. And considering okay. they've thrown five interceptions and lost five fumbles. <laughs> well, yeah. let me take that back a minute. Eight of those turnovers are interceptions, and Air Force doesn't throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, how are you going to get those? Yeah, I, I, I mean, they Air Force beat San Jose State last week, 45-20. to 20. I'll I'll give Air Force a similar score here. That third quarter, when they, was it third quarter, 21 points? The only way I could see, I think it's going to be – See, I don't think they'll 45 points. That's the only thing. Their defense isn't great, but I still – maybe I'm giving them too much credit here, Josh. Maybe that's my concern. I think they'll be 30, like 30 to 10, because the Air Force defense is legit. Aztecs don't run the ball well. Jalen Maiden leads them in rushing, which isn't good. He's running for his life back there. It's 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 good. Dare I say – so can we give a bold receiver pick now and say Aztecs aren't going bowling, even though I projected them this past week to make a bowl game? Let's look at their schedule. So they have Air Force. Let's say that's a look. No. They'll Hawaii be in Hawaii. I'm saying Hawaii's be... a Okay. So let's just, okay, Hawaii, Nevada, yeah. Utah State. I'll say yes. Yeah, I can see them winning their next three out Air Force and being a very suspect five and four. Colorado State. I'd say schedule's manageable to get the six, but it's going to be ugly. Yeah, I'll agree, I'll agree with you there. So it's like, I think they'll barely get, because like, if I'm looking at probably Hawaii, Nevada, they should take five, and then out of USU, CSU, San Jose State, they can win one of those. But it's going to be the ugliest seven to five team ever. Probably. <laughs> Final game, Nevada at Fresno State. Can I just say it's going to be 100 to zero when you're watching the game on FS1 at 7.30 Pacific? <laughs> well, that's de- that depends on which Fresno State team shows up. Field goals or touchdowns, right? <laughs> yeah. Are we getting the team that played Kent State, or are we getting the team that forced eight turnovers against Arizona State and only won 29 to zero? Yeah, that's the big concern. I was chatting with these. I forget what the podcast is on. I'm gonna. I'll share it on our NWCR Twitter. I was chatting with these guys earlier. These G5 guys. I'm like, they're like, what's your favorite? I'm like, I try to think. I'm like, oh, they beat. Uh, they're opportunistic because they beat Purdue. QB new coach. Arizona State, new new coach, uh, quarterback injured. They played all these random guys. But they going plus eight and only scoring 29 points is a concern to punch the ball in. But Nevada, like, literally has nothing. This game, the over-under is 49 and a half points. 
That's too low. Fresno, that is beyond low. I think they're over-exaggerating or overreacting, like you mentioned from the prior games, about like the Wyoming, New Mexico, where they're not sure what's going on because of the Arizona State game. I, I think Fresno can get the 50 on their own if they want oh, to. Oh, absolutely. But I could see Nevada, like Nevada probably put 14 points maybe. But Fresno's defense is legit. Like Cam Locker, it's like they got guys back. There. Like they got players on defense where Nevada, like, what's Lewis going to do? What are these running backs going to do? Like, what, what's the, <laughs> they're like the worst team in college football. It's like, what is Brandon Lewis going to do? He has no passing touchdowns on the year. They have, Brandon Lewis leads the team in rushing with, leads the team with, and they played, let me, I'll make sure this is correct, four games. Their leading rusher has 171 yards, and it's your quarterback. To be fair, the leading running back is only 10 yards behind. I don't care if Sean Dollars is 10 dollars, 10 yards behind. Still, that they're three and a half sacks seven times. Jamal Bell solid receiver for sure. They do they do have some big plays like Delavon uh, Campbell as a 50 yarder. Spencer Curtis and Jamal Bell both have over 70 yard passes. They do have some neat explosive plays and that's how the Bucks maybe get 14 points here. Are you telling me you're What's going to happen back there? They get the first eight sacks, but they don't move the ball to score. And to be able to score some points, right? Yeah. I know you're for sure. Good amount. Because the value nothing. So they got their butt kicked 33 Kansas is a, it's also a weird game for Kansas to play a 10-30 local kick for them going out the batter. They fine. They scored 24. That's why I think they get 14. But I I don't know. I'm I'm sticking with the 50 to 10. They may get a score, and it may be a fluke. But I, I think I think Fresno covers by themselves. Interesting. Uh, Fifty to ten doesn't. Oh, the over you mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I could take both. I take the spread and over for Fresno. It's like they're going to just poof take care of business. And before we go here, oh, we've already been going fifty minutes, man. This, I thought this would be a quick one. My mistake. I apologize. Maybe I don't. I don't know. We're <laughs> doing good things. We'll save this for next time if Fresno Air Force wins because. Yeah, I'm not going to jinx it, so we'll talk next time about this, okay, about how good those two teams can be. <laughs> Anything else to add for the week here? It's a wrap, or not wrapping up, but a wrap up our week by preview. No, I think we covered it all. I think, you know, we we got teams that are going to disappoint. We got teams that may surprise. Wait, who's your big surprise? You New Mexico over Wyoming? Is that your big surprise yes. possibility? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Okay, we'll see. History says possibly. I think if we're looking surprised, I think Hawaii could make it close. But I don't know if they can keep up all the way. So, all right, this wraps up week five preview, mwr.com. Just head over there, find all of our previews and all sorts of randomness we do throughout the week. And Twitter as well, because we do a lot there, probably more, at MWCWire. And we'll be back uh, down the road to recap this game. And uh, it's week five. Watch your team, be happy, and hope they win.